In this episode of Coffee with Cal, I have the pleasure of interviewing Callum Meston. He is the head coach at Meston Performance, which is a local tennis coaching academy based in Grange and Joppa. Callum is about to undertake what I can only class as an absolute monumental challenge, cycling from Edinburgh Castle to the Colosseum in Rome, unassisted to raise money for MND and Dodiade. Callum, thank you so much for joining me on the latest episode of Coffee with Cal. Uh, I think the best thing to do to get the ball rolling is to introduce yourself and give people a bit of background of you and what it is you're currently doing right now um, with regards to your training, because I think it's super interesting for people to hear about this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Callum. I suppose, I mean, I mean, I suppose first of all, it's Coffee with Cal's today, isn't it? It's plural. <laughs> uh, I saw what you did in your Instagram post there. I did like that. I had to... I had to... I give myself a wee laugh. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to think about that one. Um, yes, I'm, I'm Cal Messon. I think I'm a, I'm a local tennis coach in Edinburgh and strength and conditioning coach. I have my own coaching company that's now predominantly based on the west side of west side of Edinburgh, so down the Grange predominantly. Oh, nice. Also across the east coast, I think Musselburgh, Portobello. So it's fairly expansive. We've got a great team. I think it's a good part of like actually now 12 years I've been involved in the industry. So it's all came together quite nicely and I'm sure we'll kind of touch on all, all the fun things we do. Well, not just myself, but yourself as well, Callum, over the few years, but keen cyclist, keen runner, keen triathlete, minus the swim. So I suppose you could say duathlete. <laughs> <laughs> and just generally, I think, more of a movement, movement comparison. So I think nothing exhaustive but i think just very much very much a person that enjoys going out there trying new things i think doesn't need to be the best of your ability but just actually going and giving it a shot yeah i think that's a really powerful place to start because you know i think this is kind of one of the one of the areas that we resonate with each other on and we we understand the benefit of obviously working out we understand the benefit of resistance training and you know we've both got a bit of an snc background but what you said there is just about trying new things and it's about you know the body moving and flowing and i guess that's exactly what you said in the intro by doing all the various sports that you've just highlighted minus potentially the swimming aspect but but you don't like it but you do it because it's part of something that you do enjoy so it's part of the bigger picture yeah i mean it all complements each other doesn't it so i think as much as i love love the cycle in particular um I've always naturally been an okay runner or a good runner. I think out of the three, actually, it's probably my strongest. Um, there's nothing better than just, you know, kind of what James James alluded to like last week, just getting out in the roads, getting into the trees and just you in the roads. I think it's just such a way to re- good way to relax. And don't get me wrong, swimming is the same thing, but I always find it a little bit more intensive. I don't say that in a bad way. I think it's not that I don't enjoy the intensity behind it, but at the start in particular, I was loving the idea of kind of like relearning the stroke so i think right. you know all the technicalities of it that was the, that was the, the enjoyment and the fun part for it but i was also kind of deep diving into just signing up for an ironman so should i have taken a different approach and you know just got into the pool and enjoyed it a little bit more rather than going straight into your first swim with swim workouts yeah what you learn yeah it's still fun fun uh nice fun process but you've got to try it and te- kind of test the waters. So uh, I will sign up for an Ironman again. I think uh, 
there's got to be unloaded to this again. I think look at the time commitments behind it. But um, maybe enjoy this one a little while longer, and then I'll get back into the training side of it. I don't know what it is with the name Callum, but uh, I jumped into the whole Iron Man thing as well, and it was only it was only until like I used to swim. I used to swim competitively. I used to swim nationally. Um, and, you know, I, I think I stopped seven, 17 years old. Uh, I'm now 36. So it's been, it's been a wee while. And when I signed up to Ironman, I was 30. Well, we're talking lockdown, pre-lockdown. So what's that, like three years ago now? So 33. Um, and I, you know, I dabbled with, you know, a few swimming events. I'd done a triathlon before. I swam across the fourth with, um, yeah, no training whatsoever. I just thought, you know, I used to swim. I'll just go ahead and do it. So we just kind of, you and I seem to just jump in with, with both feet and, you know, expect our, uh, our competitive side of us to, to kind of get through what we need to do. Mm-hmm. But the, the Ironman thing was, was fascinating. Like what, I'll, I'll give my reason once you've given yours, but what, what was your reason for, for deciding to sign up to an Ironman in the first place? Because it's quite, quite a time commitment, like we've alluded to, but also it's, uh, it's a hell of a hell of an event. I'm sure you'd probably agree to it, but I think no half measures is kind of like my, my <laughs> on that one. <laughs> I think we kind of already discussed this anyway, but I think yeah. no half measures. I, I kind of enjoy the idea of maybe not being able to complete something, but then proving my, proving to myself that I can. Mm. Sense, yeah. So at distance, it seems I'm not going to say unachievable, but I think you know it's going to be a challenge, and I think it's kind of your in the mental hurt locker. Mm-hmm. One of those challenges. Um, so that's always what that's always kind of like fascinated me. I think so. Feel like yourself. I would trust my body to complete the events. That's the thing. But it's like, will you? Will your mind take you across the finish line? Ah, uh, yes, yes. But that's I think the that's training that I like. It's kind of like so. At the moment, I think my mindset for and again, we'll talk about this this training. Well, for my big ride in July onwards, mm. it's just jumping the bike every single day. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's raining, it doesn't matter if it's snowing, wet or windy, but you know, even if it's 10 miles, a commute to work, just jump on the bike. Mm. That's what builds up your mental resilience, I find. Um, so otherwise, I could trust myself to go on a 100 mile ride and just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But you can't enjoy every single training session, unfortunately. So the ones that probably matter most in my eyes are the ones where, you know, the commute to work on a very windy headwind day. Mm-hmm. I think if you can achieve those kind of days, it just helps. I think every, everything everything else feels pleasant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of the the summer days when there's no wind, like they're they're few and far between. Obviously, <laughs> living in Scotland and in Edinburgh, it's just uh, it's we're not guaranteed those. So when those days do roll around, we feel like we're in paradise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the it's the headwind, rainy side, horizontal rain and whatnot. Is that's those are the days you're right. Those are the days that kind of build up the the mental resilience and. There's going to be a few of those on that cycle that you're going to do for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I might, I might have programmed it for July, but it doesn't mean you're going to get like sun and tailwind <laughs> the entire way. So we'll go um, with regards to with regards to the Ironman. So you never actually got uh, you never actually got the opportunity to do it. So you did all this training for it, but what what was the reason for it not um, coming to fruition? Yeah, correct. I think it was one of those times a year, unfortunately. So when I signed up to the event, I think 
I suppose it almost feels like opposite end of the spectrum. It actually just sold my house over in actually your way. So I think North Queens, very Inverkeven kind of way. Um, I was looking at my schedule having, you know, I, I tend to open, well, previously when I was in my previous role, my schedule would generally open up in April, May onwards. And I think from there, June and July would be remarkably busy. So I think I had this idea in my head that I'd be able to get a large block of training done between that April and May kind of phase. But I mean, work just went absolutely crazy, mm. to be honest. Uh, not in a bad way. I think tennis is very much a sport that's still in demand from post-pandemic. So kind of that balanced with a house move. And I think problems with the house move or the house sale caused a couple of issues. Still got all the training done. And I think it was a bit much. Um, but I think when it came to the end of the summer in particular, I think... I'd actually just left the university role and I was actually stepping into full-time self-employment. Oh, wow. I'm doing it wrong. It wasn't that all that big a step. Um, I was already like half, 50% self-employed anyway, so it's not like I was going from zero to 100. Yeah. Stepped into a new club at the Grange, so Stockbridge, where I think I had to, you know, muster up a program, like take something that was fairly... What's the best way to put this without um, dropping names? <laughs> Something that was a bit neglected. Lacking, lacking the best. structure. Yeah, lacking structure. So you had to build a program from nothing, which mm-hmm. is great because I think that's exactly kind of what you want when you step into a club. Because I think there's not too many expectations on the previous setup. You can also create your own culture. So I think that took a large amount of time. But also meant as I was bringing in a coaching team and staff training a coaching team. For a good part of like seven weeks, eight weeks, I was seven days a week working 45, 50 hour coaching weeks. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's before the admin, unfortunately. So I think you're trying to keep up with all this training, which to an extent it was manageable. And I think we'll probably go back talk about burnout at some point today anyway. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into all the juicy stuff. <laughs> but I think uh, seven, eight weeks of just high intensity moving during summer as well. I think coming into the uh, off the busy season for tennis post Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. I keep up training. And God, the food. I think that was the hardest part, I think. Yeah. It did not fit any more in my mouth to recover. Mm. I think eventually by the end, I think, unfortunately picked up a bit of an injury at the same time. So this time last year, I actually fractured my foot. Oh, wow. Okay. As a tennis coach, that's not ideal, as you can no. imagine. No, no. <laughs> so I think there's me hobbling about the court. Still coaching, but I think, you know, it's more of like a static kind of coaching. So basket feeds, I think, rather than moving about, you've got your basket and just putting the balls in, into the correct positions. Yeah. So I eventually got to the point where it recovered. I had three weeks before the event. I just decided, listen, I've just got to slow down, I think. It's been good. But just the management of time, of work, your personal life and your relationship kind of thing, it was just getting a little bit much. Mm-hmm. So rather than disappearing off to Greece, I think we, we just ended up falling off the trip, went across to Portugal instead for a golf holiday. So it's a completely different... <laughs> I love it. I just don't holiday. <laughs> well, it was great. And definitely the youngest ones on the course is about 20, 30 years. <laughs> but, um, I just couldn't fathom the idea of going to Greece and not competing. Yeah. So that was a mindset switch. But you know what? I mean, in hindsight, I think it's still a learning curve. I'll do it again at yeah. some point. Yeah. I really enjoyed the training. But yeah, it's just one of those where these things happen. 
Yeah, mate, I I definitely resonate with uh, with that, and I've spoken about it in previous previous episodes of the podcast, and I've been quite open about it as well through I don't know my my content I've been putting out over the years. But um, yeah, when I when I signed up to Ironman, I, I I totally relate to to why you why you chose to do it, um, and I also appreciate and understand the burnout aspect as well. When I when I signed up to it, I was lacking something in my life, and I had no idea what it was, not a clue, and I thought I'll fill the void with burying my head in the sand of training and I as you know the training is super intense you know it's pretty much six days a week you're having to you know consume ludicrous numbers of calories but not just consume the calories you've also got to kind of buy back the calories that you've cons- that you've burnt to make sure that you're not kind of losing mass vast amount of weight as well mm-hmm. and it was just I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed the training. I enjoyed kind of the mileage. I enjoyed the time in the bike. I enjoyed the time in the gym, the time in the pool. I enjoyed all of it. But I, it, what it lacked for me was a reason. What it lacked for me was a why I was doing it. Um, and then, then everything in my world came crashing down around me. And I was running away from, you know, several, several problems without actually realizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over over the course of the I don't know I would say the 18, 18 months of doing it, um, I I hit this wall, and yeah that was that was the point where I was just like holy smokes I've got no idea what's going on here my body felt horrendous my mind felt horrendous, um, and yeah my my depression hit pretty pretty hard, and got diagnosed with all that jazz, um, thankfully I'm through the end of it now and I you know definitely look back on that time as well you enjoyed it but it maybe just wasn't the right time in my life to go ahead and pursue something mm-hmm. like that and um, there's no reason why you know i my wife listens to my podcast so i've got to be careful about saying will i do another one again or will i train for another one <laughs> i probably will she knows i will but it might not be for until the time in our life as a unit now because we we're now a family yeah. uh, is set up to to do something like that but um i definitely i definitely get the reason as to why people do it because it's it's a feat right it's there's no other way of looking at it it's a feat of physical endurance and it's not so much to say oh i want to be the best at it it's just a it's just a you know it's more for yourself just to say well i can do it because you're right your mind will give up far sooner than your body will your body will continue going so it's, a, it's almost like a way of challenging your mindset, right? And if you can do the training for it, which is probably more grueling in itself than the actual event, you know, the event's just, I say just, quote unquote just, but, um, you know, you're probably looking at 13, 14 hours of exercise, if you want to put it in kind of simple terms. But the hours of training you got put in for that is far, for me personally, it seems far more of a, an endeavor than the actual event itself. Yeah, no, completely agree. Completely agree. Um, which kind of brings us nicely onto this cycle castle to Coliseum. So this is a this is an endeavor that you have chosen to do, correct me if I'm wrong, for the Doddy Aid Foundation to to raise ten thousand pounds. Yeah, that's right. I right. think um, so those not know, I think my name is Doddy Foundation. Dramatically deals with more neurons disease. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about raising funds just to bring awareness to the cause and obviously hopefully to fund research projects that I think are going to be, you know, they're going to give some actual results. And there's been a lot of, a lot of positive things that came out in the news recently. Yeah. To be honest, I think Dottie Aid's been a huge, huge factor for raising funds for this one. 
Um, but it was actually of all things the community around, so the cycling community, the rugby community, basically the sports community as a whole, mm-hmm. really sort of like made me aware of this kind of illness. Um, and even on my end, I think you start looking at, you know, how bad this illness can like possibly be. And I think it's it's a scary, scary thought. I mean, for someone that's so active like myself, I think I really can't imagine something like this happening to myself. Yeah. I think like athletes that are coming under diagnosis in the last like couple of years, it's a scary, scary thought. It's um, that isn't it when you see all these kind of high profile sports people come out with um the diagnosis of MND. It's like, wow, it can you know are are they is it getting tracked earlier you know is it getting picked up earlier which is why we have so many kind of new cases of high profile individuals coming out with it um but it really does make you wonder like is there is there something more that you know we can do to help raise the funds for the research to actually get a, a preventative um outlook of it yeah i think that's exactly it i think listen anything if any, if, if every little person could do their little thing, I think yeah. essentially builds exposure. So I think, you know, I'm one of a hundred, maybe 200 challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my 10,000 in the grander scheme of things isn't huge, obviously, but I think you add all these little projects together, it's a huge volume. Of course, think, absolutely. Think about the exposure of each of those projects. I mean, if I have, I don't know, 600 people on Facebook or 600 people on, on your social networks, so that's, that's potentially three, 400 people seeing and building up some information about this cause. Yeah. Multiply that a hundred times over. I think that's, what's going to really help drive exposure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously I'm a keen cyclist, but I think, like I said, I think since the pandemic, actually, I've been part of this kind of like community for Dotty Aid. So I think January, which generally goes from January to February. And I'll start off with the Chris Hoyes, uh, sorry, Chris Hoyes with rides. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Being held in January. Chris uh, Hall, if you're listening, um, guest speaker in the podcast soon, hopefully. <laughs> uh, Chris, I'll, I'll throw him in nugget right now. I think for <laughs> first five seconds of the race, I was ahead of Chris Hoy. So boom, hang up, we're done. Logging first, so I was right in front of the pack, and I think just went all all out, 800, 900 watts, just in those first five, ten seconds. So I lead the pack. I've got a screenshot of it as well, which I'm determined to find. <laughs> brilliant yeah <laughs> uh, but 500 meters in you get the entire pack coming right past you i'm no james mccallum that way ah uh, okay james i think james is uh interesting enough my former coach oh well. nice yeah yeah um <laughs> so i'm not quite up to his standard but i think at least i can say for five ten seconds i was ahead of chris but uh you know that was just a fun way to raise awareness yeah for the cause that's when i started researching it a little bit more as well and i think it was the community around it that really just inspired me to sort of do something similar even like locally i went to the the mountain festival up in fort william last year and met two guys called tammy um davy and tommy Jouet. I'm not too sure if yeah. you came across but um if you have if anyone ever gets a chance they've got a documentary on amazon prime called the ride on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um it's basically them taking on with a lot of friends, the NC 500s. So I think, again, I know I spoke, you spoke about this in your last podcast. And I think they, they go around the Narcos 500. Davies actually been diagnosed with MND. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it's a challenge in its own right. 
Um, he talks about very, very openly about how his grip strength can kind of fade when it gets a little bit colder. And quite frankly, I think that I can't think of anything more terrifying than not potentially being able to hold the grip or rip the brakes when you're going on a, a kind of a steep shark tooth up and down. Um, all these little little projects kind of add up. It's been it's inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. So, what made you um, you know, so okay, we we've we've kind of dived in the Ironman aspect, but you know, what made you do this castle to Coliseum? So we're we're talking Edinburgh City Centre to the Coliseum in Rome. Why not just do a ten k, or why not just do something smaller? What what was the reason for this castle to Coliseum? What does it mean to you? The alliteration was a good, good, good fun. <laughs> But um, I mean, for the last couple of years, I've, I've gradually tried to increase the distance of my challenge. I've been with a friend. I don't, I don't know if you came across, but I think Matt Henderson is one of my friends I grew up with. So I think we've been riding bikes together since we were, you know, three, four years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've made it a yearly tradition since the pandemic almost to go on a multi-day trip. But these multi-days that were meant to be starting off as two and three days, okay. and five and then five and six to the point where unfortunately he can't get the time off for three weeks to go to the Coliseum. But um, it was just a random kind of thought process one day. I think, as I've kind of alluded to earlier, I think generally you can imagine as a tennis coach, you're going to be quite quiet over December and January. So mm-hmm. I think it's very much your downtime, your hibernation time. But just walking back from the shops one day with my partner, Ashley, and I think I just remember saying, I think, what do you think of this idea? And it was just, you know, completely spur of the moment. But I think ever since I just locked onto it. So I think initially my my idea was going to be Paris, but I think having previously done last year a cycle down to London, I wouldn't say it was a fact that it was easy. I mean, the route we took through Cambridgeshire and Lincolnshire, I don't know if you've cycled down that way. I've not, no. It's it's bone flat, I think, you know. Ten okay. miles, twelve miles straight line, straight and arrow. But um no, I thought coming across that way. Into Europe, I've never actually cycled Europe, so I think for one, just being cautious, but like cycling on the opposite side of the roads. But I would love to take on some of those tough roads mm. across the Alps, um, in particular the Col de Sur, which is the highest pass in the Alps. Yeah, it's kind of iconic, isn't it? Yeah, very much been on kind of on the bucket list for years anyway. So coming across them um, near Chamonix as well, I thought, well, if you're going to take it this far, why not add in the extra country? So. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know the Chamonix area, I mean, those are some pretty extreme mountains, and it's the we're the home of Mont Blanc, really. Yeah, yeah, you know, so um, yeah, those are those are intense. Those are those are very steep, lots of hairpins, lots of vertical elevation to climb up. Hey, mate, it's a doozy. You'll be fine. <laughs> well, at least after that, it's all downhill, right? <laughs> yeah, hey, that's exactly what I say. So. For every uphill, there's a great downhill. So you gruel and then down, and you're freewheeling the whole way. Um, interesting point that you, you know, you're walking back from the shops during a period of downtime between um, kind of the off-season of tennis. I think that's where a lot of people generally are, who a lot of people are potentially wired the way you and I are, do a lot of our thinking during downtime because we're looking for that next thing to go, right, what can we do? How can we push ourselves? What can we achieve? Um, mm-hmm. You spoke to your partner about that, and I'm interested and what was her initial reaction and how and how has she supported you since you dropped that bombshell on her
Well, I mean, I think it was very, very out of the blue. I think I kept this yeah. myself for a good part of like a week beforehand. And I just remember walking back and I think, Castle Coliseum's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? <laughs> you planted the seed. Yeah, plant, planting the seed nice and early doors. Because I think she initially, we'd spoken like roughly, I think, we had little ideas previously. I think you've done London last year. Why don't you try Paris? And I think, ah, oh, no, I mean, it's a little bit too short. Mm. It's not. It's definitely, it's most definitely not. <laughs> yeah, it's not a weekend trip, is it? Definitely not. But um, no, she's been very supportive about it. I think she understands the cause kind of thing. She knows, again, James kind of alluding to this. Well, you were both alluding to this like last week. But if you're staying still too long, I can get turned into a bit of a moody bastard a bit. Okay? Yeah, yeah. I'll let you uh, bleep that last part. It's all right. We can, we can put explicit content. It's my podcast. We're fine. <laughs> we'll see, there we are. But I think, you know, Taking on a physical challenge for me has always been a huge way of just letting myself mentally reset. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, even if it's a little thing, like we've got like a busy day plans kind of thing, I think my headspace will always be really warped. Mm -hmm. I don't say that dark, but you know, it's just like struggling to get your headspace and get into your creative zone. Yeah, yeah. On some form of physical activity, whether it be something as a light jog or a light run or you head to the gym nice and early in the morning but i also enjoy having a bit of a purpose behind it so i really do struggle to train if i'll be honest if i don't have an end goal to it yeah but i, I mean this time around i think i'm trying to be conservative in the fact that i don't i don't want to do this just for myself because i think three weeks just to myself to be honest, as much as i enjoy being on the bike i'd rather actually have a second purpose as well obviously that's where the charity side of it comes into it but um yeah just having that en that end goal she's very understanding and i think she knows after that obviously a bit of time at reset kind of thing we can take a little more time together but i think with that said i think it's been a good way to actually control my time management just knowing when i'm going to be on the bike and such as well by having that end goal rather than just going i'm going to go for six hours today yeah okay and go to the gym kind of thing so i think at least it gives that purpose to then like build that around your schedule yeah so it's almost it's almost i mean it's obviously quite an extreme way to to create a, a weekly structure but yeah. it's, it's structure nonetheless and it's structure that you know as humans we feel that you know we we actually you know structure structure is great because it allows us to kind of plan out our weeks we're not leaving anything to chance but we, we crave that right we crave structure um and especially when I don't know what you find when you if you take on a new client um, in the SNC world or even a new uh, tennis client, nine times out of ten, they'll always say that they don't have the time to commit to kind of any serious in depth training to begin with until we kind of look and break down kind of the time management issues and where we can prioritize themselves because you know as cliche as it sounds and I say you know I've said it before like your health really is your wealth. And if you're not prioritizing your health over everything else, as soon as that's taken away from you, you're then dependent on other people looking after you. And ultimately that's not what we're wanting. We're wanting to be able to, I think, yeah, we're, we're in this phase of our life where, you know, we want to challenge yourself, but for me, and I'm sure you're potentially the same. You want to also look back when you're in, you know, the twilight years, so to speak, to go, actually, I was able to do stuff and I was able to inspire maybe just one other person because if it's your family your partner your kid a friend you know 
or, or just somebody random listening to this podcast, if you're able just to inspire one person to make a positive change to their life, I think that's, you know, that's a legacy in itself. It doesn't have to be anything grand. Yeah. You've, you've had that penny drop moment where they've gone, well, actually, if, if Callum can go and do this cycle castle to Colosseum, then what's stopping me from, you know, just going out for a walk around the local forest when it's, when it's in the rain, you know, because as Billy Conley said, you know, there's no such thing as um, bad, um, was it? There's no such thing as bad weather, just inappropriate clothing. So yeah. you know, put on your rain jacket and go for a walk. And nine times out of 10, you're going to feel so much better for just coming in. And they don't obviously have to be as extreme as doing Ironman and long endurance events, but just something to get you moving. Um, so training for this castle to Coliseum is, is obviously taking a lot of your focus right now. How's the, how's the balance with your lifestyle uh, and your overall kind of mindset going into this? Because what we're just started February and we we're talking about July, did you say? Yep. So I think at the moment it'll be about 28th of July is kind of where I'm looking to start. Um, logistically, it will be the, the toughest issue, I think. It's one of those where I think I think anyone can get the training done. And on my on my end, the training's probably the easiest part. Okay. It's, these kind of, on these kind of rides, it's more logistics. So I think, you know, actually sitting down, planning the rides, I think, you know, there's going to be issues on the way so i think in this kind of circumstance what do i need what should i be doing um there'll be is there somewhere local you can we have a repair manufacturer if something goes wrong in the ride and i think you, you know it's plotting all these kind of little things out as you go but i'm actually really enjoying that part of the process mm. um Are you doing this solo yeah yeah that's oh, right solo. okay wow amazing previously i think on you know the rides have done past with uh matt the guy i was just talking about mm-hmm We've had two of us. I think between us, we can, you know, we can do most of our repair jobs. But I think on this kind of volume ride, you're going to have issues. Let's be honest. I think yeah, you know, yeah. a chain snapping at a thousand miles on the highest pass in the Alps with limited connection kind of thing. It's just planning for all these kind of things, which is proving to be, you know, the longer part. Um, we all kind of like focus on the training, but really not the logistics of that I usually feel. And like I said, I think if I was a higher performance cyclist, it's not like I'd be out there for 20 days, 21 days, like I'm planning at the moment. I think it'd realistically be 10 or 12. But I think, you know, I consider myself more of a multi-athlete than just mm-hmm. one solo athlete. I think I ride prioritizing like one sport. Yep. But I think, like I said, the training's been fine. Logistics, I'm enjoying, but I think will be the, the biggest part. But I'm in a good headspace about it. I think, okay. like I said, I know this may be more in the warm-up, but I think if I can go out there every single day on the bike and just do even a small volume of miles, that's the first battle on the training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So building it's often, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think build up some mental resilience on the bike regardless of the weather. Cause, I mean, my mindset is very much, if I can go out on the bike, like I said, even commuting to work for 10 miles a day and it's pouring a rain or I've got a horrible headwind the entire way, mm-hmm. that's going to help me come the summer when I've got the heat and hopefully a reduced wind going down the hills or up the hills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mindset-wise, just about, it's about creating that kind of a picture that anything's easier than this. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's, a, it's such an incredible adventure, for lack of a better term, that you're going to go on. A couple of years ago, I did, um, I did a co- the Coast to Coast with my mate Neil. Um, and he was raising money for um, uh, a local Aberdeen charity called Fighting for Shit Sight. 
And, you know, all, all credit to him. He was the one that did all the logistics in terms of like when we're going to stop and whatnot. But uh, it was just, it was fantastic. And it was such an incredible way to see, to see Scotland cycling from Aberdeen to the Isle of Skye. Yeah. And there was moments where, you know, either of us kind of hit this kind of mental block on the bike and, you know, you're, you know, bonking is definitely a cycling term, but, you know, when you're just completely depleted and I'm interested in this aspect for yourself, especially going solo, because we had a support vehicle um, in terms of a, a camper van kind of going up ahead of us. Oh, so okay. we were able to kind of refuel at certain phases if we needed to. Um, but doing this solo, how do you plan on kind of consuming the calories? How do you plan on, um, you're right, just even kind of the, the mechanical failures are about to occur during this kind of duration because even even cycling in the two days that we did Aberdeen to Sky, mm. there was, you know, we, we there were some issues that we had to resolve ourselves. So how, how are you going to do, get through this? I mean, first and foremost, it's probably just making sure that your nutrition has to be on point. Don't get me wrong, but I think meal prep is going to be an important, important part of this, just to make sure you've got your daily calories in there. You don't, don't get me wrong, you don't want to overpack the bike. I think I'm going to be doing this in quite a light setup, but it's going to be, you know, high sugar, high calorie foods. Again, you're going to be looking at your logistics to make sure you know where there's shops and where there's restaurants or, you know, small public culture kind of places. So very much the, the bike stops. Yeah. You charge your computer. I think I'm, I literally mean computer as well as your own battery. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, much longer than 20, 30 minutes. I feel there's probably plenty in those kind of parts, but um, it's just nothing. In the UK, you're fine. And I think France, you're fine. I don't know too much about Italy, if I'll be honest, but I think I just visualize Italy having like a corner, uh, sorry, a cafe store, or, you know, a coffee shop in every single corner. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So I'm already I am high at the thought of that already. I love the idea. Um, I think it's it'll be a little bit different being unsupported because I think again it comes back to that mental hurt locker. It's like mm. if you don't have that mechanical, you know you've not got anyone else to help you in that moment. So you've got to prepare for those. So in my case, I think again. This next weekend, we're going up to the Highlands for this mountain film festival where, we, again, we met Davey and Tommy last year. But I think um, they've got a lot of, like, mountain-based courses. So I think I'll be doing a couple of mountain bike tracks as well and trails just for the fun of it, but also a lot of bike maintenance workshops. Yes. Yeah, okay. So I'll be shadowing a little bit of those and just making sure I know I'm up to date with, like, all the new parts. And obviously, you want all these parts spared too, so I think you know how to do the job. Mm -hmm. In my eyes, I think I'm actually just going to my local bike store just watching them do some of the repair jobs as well just yeah. so I'm prepared in the event one of these happens but it's like anything I think take a sport for example so I think again I've, I've got a tennis background so I'd like to think that I've got a good good base knowledge on common injuries and things that happen, occur in tennis so I think taking the same approach what are the most common things to happen on a bike and prioritize those kind of jobs so I think you know split chain make sure you can repair a split chain you've got the parts for that as well um the basics, tire repair, punctures, kind of thing. You've got, you obviously, you, you have to know what you're doing there. Yeah. Um, cabling for a certain style of bike. <laughs> cabling is a pain in the arse. <laughs> it's the one I've been avoiding. Yeah. And very much going to have to be like shadowing and making sure I know what to do. Because I think that's what I'm kind of, kind of nervous about, if I'm going to be honest. And then 
uh, actually, I mean, the derailleur repair is the one that like, scares me as well. <laughs> That's the one that I need to focus on. I think I remember doing the NC 500 in 2020 with Matt. Um, we got to about 430, 440 miles. And it wasn't myself. I was fine. But I think we came across these other group of cyclists. And I think the rest of the pack are just walking their bikes along the roads because I think the guy at the back, his derailleur, is just like scuffing across the ground with 60 miles to go. Got it. And at that point, I think none of them knew how, how to do, do a repair shop. A repair job, but they're also ten miles away from the closest shop. And that's a group of lads, right? That's like multiple guys who one of them just needed to have the knowledge to be able to start that. Yeah, no. So it's important. You know, I think it's, it's these things. It's these things that people, when when taking on like huge, you know, North Coast five hundred is no joke. That's that's a serious, serious uh, cycling endeavor as well. So you know, massive congrats for doing that. But um, just having the having the base knowledge, and it's. It is, it is base knowledge about your, about your kit. You know, it's the same way as you're, you know, alluded to, you know, you're, you've got a good understanding of the basic injuries within the, within sport as a whole, but imagine a tennis coach not being able to restring a racket or put a grip on, you know, it's like, those, those are the fundamental areas of that sport, obviously, as well as kind of the other kind of skill components. But if you're, if you can't fix your equipment, then, you know, you're not getting very far. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So yeah, that's that's brilliant. Um, and in terms of in terms of kind of how is the just giving page going? I mean, one of the things I'd love to do, and you know, anybody who's listened to this and feels that they are kind of you know wanting to support Callum, but also wanting to support the the foundation as well. Um, what can what can people do to raise money, either on behalf of Dodiad or you know, along with yourself or, you know, where can they donate to? Because, you know, it's important that we can get as much money for this cause as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I mean, the MyDotty website is fantastic, first and foremost. I think they've got pretty much any, anyone's challenges posted on their pages. Cool. Uh, so you search the events tab, I think, and not being exclusive to mine, I think all, all the money goes to the same cause kind of thing. So I think I'd very much look at the profile, look at the events and see what people are doing first and foremost. Um like I said, the community is great as well. I've got one guy in particular that I've donated to, although obviously it's the same foundation as mine. But it's a guy called David Dewar who's, and this one just baffles me. I think my only thought process can be that he's a former former rugby prop at this kind of volume. He's not okay. uh, um, His challenge this year is to hike to the top of Ben Nevis with a 100 kilo barbell on his back. Wow. That's... The training for, I, I wouldn't know how to specialize this kind of training, but I think I'm looking at his, his training block. I'm just thinking, this is absolutely mad, I think. I thought my challenge was going to be fairly hard going, but I think when it comes to cycling, I think cycling, especially when it comes to endurance or ultra endurance cycling, I think to quote Mark Bowman a little bit, mm. it's a great leveler. I think anyone can kind of achieve success in the bike, given you're probably working at, say, 40 to 60%, 70%. yeah. On, so I think anyone can jump on a bike and actually achieve something. Um, it's a little bit different if you're obviously like track sprinting and all these kind of things. I think that's a little bit more anaerobic, as you know. But, um, you know, just like look at the pro- some of the projects out there. I think that's one that just took, like, took to my eye and I thought, wow. I mean, that would take something. I mean, the thought of like having a barbell on my back climbing up a mountain, the highest mountain in Scotland of that as well. It's, it's, well yeah. During the summer as well, probably during some hot conditions, 
let's be honest, I think you'll get some wind up at Ben Nevis as well. So what on earth happens is you get get a crosswind and his barbell goes off to the left hand side kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's I guess it's not just the case of having the barbells, you know, you know, the rotational core strength as well. I think my main concern would be what happens if a midgie got in your eye? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a pain in the arse literally like how, how the hell do you get that sorted yeah i mean you're in the west coast of scotland it's gonna happen isn't it <laughs> it just shows you you know a lot you know people people are really thinking you know at the box and you know bear i think you know for people who are listening as well guys it's important that you know these these challenges we don't people don't have to do out the box challenges it's very much subjective it's also very much based on that individual's passion that individual's kind of skill set as well like not every you know somebody walking 5k that is also a huge challenge in itself and um, so so bear that in mind you don't have to go above and beyond with 100 kilos in your back or a cycle castle to call same you know every every challenge out there is very subjective to to that individual themselves yeah um, i think that's where dotty has been fantastic as well yeah. I think, i'm sure you've probably got a couple of listeners that are actually part of it but i think the dotty aid app's fantastic so i think it's basically about having breaking the country into like four different areas and Wales is on bracket as well. So Scotland East, Scotland West, Borders, and I think take the Barbarians, which is kind of a basically the North, I think, mm-hmm. top of my head, maybe maybe the Central Belt. Um, but it's about all these little things adding up together as a team. So yes. I, think, I think you take all these little leagues, and it would be, for example, the East, if you do three mile walk, if you do a four mile run, you, you submit your score, but it adds to the collective picture. Yeah. Miles for that region, but you're doing your part. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You want to crack on? No, sorry. I think, um, but all these little things add up together. And I think the best thing about it on my eyes is that I enjoy people seeing seeing people share share what they've achieved. Yeah, it's like a five mile walk or a three mile walk, a couch to five k. I think that's success. Absolutely. And I think one of the things, one of the things as well, like you know, we were. I'm very, I'm very much in the you know, help helping kind of people you know improve their confidence improve their lifestyle improve their well-being and you know the the byproduct to that is you know you know weight loss and um i think a lot of people think that they have to do these big grand training blocks or they need to make massive changes to to their lifestyle and to their diet but what we've just spoken about you know in the case of raising money for dodgy aid for the greater good of mnd and I'm not comparing the two, but I'm going to use this as kind of a bit of a comparison is MND. Sorry, I won't use that because that's too, too close to the bone in some instances. But if you have a big goal, it's doing all the smaller things that compound over time. That's going to allow an individual to succeed with their overall goal. And it could be raising money for a charity. <clears throat> Excuse me. It could be um losing a certain amount of weight it could be improving their lifestyle it's not just making one massive it's like your cycle the castle to coliseum isn't going to be the thing but it's the cumulative effect of all these other challenges that are going to make the massive impact just like you know going out for going out for a walk or making a slight change to somebody's diet or stress management or sleep or increasing their water intake you know these all are little things that have a huge impact on the person's overall improvement of their lifestyle and well-being so whilst you know the comparison you know it's maybe not a great comparison but it shows that little and often actually yields the biggest return rather than just like one massive thing that somebody tries to shift and try and do yeah, um, the stock market effect kind of thing when in doubt zoom out kind of thing 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a great way of thinking about it. Exactly. Um, now, I know I know you're kind of going out for a cycle after this, <clears throat> so I'm not going to take too much more of your time, pal. But um, one thing I like to do at the end of every podcast is allow yourself to kind of recap on, you know, what, you know, in this case, it's your challenge. So where, what is your challenge name? Where can people donate? And most importantly, kind of let's big yourself up as well. Where can people find out if they want to start learning tennis or if they want to kind of work with you more in a one-to-one environment, where can they do so and how? Yeah, sure. So I think for those that are interested, I think the challenge is Cal- Castle to Coliseum. Um, the Just Giving page can be found well, on the MND website or on my personal networks, which I mentioned at the end. Um, we're I'll also put this in the in the show notes as well, so you can people can access it through here too. Um, we're looking to raise ten thousand pounds for the foundation. Like I said, I think have a look at the website. It doesn't need to be my project kind of thing. I think a good example is say that David Durs, where I think if you're more a mountaineer or a hiker, maybe that's something that takes more of your interest to support. But um, yeah, you can find it on the MND website, Castle Coliseum. I think it'll be about a 1700 mile ride for between 19 and 21 days. So I think let's say average of 80 to 90 miles a day. I think just with a bit of energy, energy conservation across yeah. like seven countries. Um, I think in terms of my own personal business, I think I am a tennis coach like Cam's alluded to. So I think I'm based in Stockbridge and Portobello at the Grange Club in Joppa. So I think if anyone is ever interested in coaching, whether it's adult, junior or performance, um, and when I say performance, I mean technical components of the sport, but also strength and conditioning. Predominantly, I do work with juniors when it comes to strength and conditioning. Mm-hmm. So I think if there's anything they can ever help with, whether it's injury prevention or technical coaching, tactical coaching. I think I'll not say mental coaching, because I think like we've discussed this before, Callum, we're not qualified to give the mental coaching, it's like being a nutritionist, but I think guidance yeah. is when it comes to the tennis court, so like tennis, tennis mindset. I think uh, you know where to find me and my social networks. Callum will have them on here as well, or just simply my second name and performance, Messon Performance on Instagram, um, Callum Messon on Twitter, and same again on Facebook, Messon Performance. Nice. Splattered it everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Callum, um, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Um, the, whole, the whole purpose of this episode was to talk about your castle to Coliseum and you've basically highlighted to to everybody who's listening to this podcast um not only the reason why you're doing it but how it's going to affect you know many affect people positively in the future as well and if anybody who who is listening can you know just donate just whatever they can that would that would go a long way too so Calum thank you very much best of luck with the with the ride I'm sure We'll all be uh, kind of rooting for you and we'll keep an eye out for you as well because I think you said the link's getting shared on Commute, so we'll be able to do a, a live tracking as well. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So I think you'll see a 21-day collection on Commute. It might change here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the live tracking will also be available through probably Garmin, actually, but also on Commute. So I think I'll have a, link, a couple of links ready. Um, and hopefully I think I'll be recording parts of it as well. So I think, don't get me wrong, I think it's been a while since I've did any form of like media that way but um there'll be stuff on youtube there'll be stuff on instagram and facebook just so you can sort of follow along as the ride continues Amazing. And of course through training i mean that's going to be the hardest blocks i think if you want to see me suffer on the hills during winter then make sure to tune in <laughs> and we all want to see people suffer don't we really that's <laughs> 
mate honestly best of luck with it and we will catch up in due course thanks again for today i really appreciate it i hope you enjoyed listening to the latest episode of coffee with cal if you could do me a massive favor and it will do incredible things for my ego if you could leave me a review on the platform that you are listening to the podcast on but until next time I hope you have a fantastic week and I can't wait to drop the next episode of Coffee with Cal.